Welcome everybody to the podcast. I am your host, John McIver. Today we're going to talk about Johnny and Addicted from the Institutionalized EP. This is the last in a series of episodes where I'm talking about songs from that EP, which was released in 2011. And I'm going to start very quickly with the music and just touch on something uh, which I really like about this song. Um, so when I was writing it, it's it's written in standard tuning, which was a bit unusual for me to write a song in standard tuning back then. Um, I think I would have written it around 2009. Um, but the chords are played with a capo on the fourth fret. Um, but the capo is only covering five of the six strings, which leaves the low E string open. Um, so it doesn't have a capo on it. And that's just really nice when you're playing the chords. It kind of adds a lovely harmony and depth to the chords. Um, and that's something I really like about that song because I'd seen that approach used by a few songwriters before and always wanted to try it myself. So this was the song that I wrote using that kind of technique, which I really like. Lyrically, it's about me struggling to find the right person in my love life, really, at the time. Um, I was still in the relationship um, that the breakup is about. So when I was talking about the breakup and how it's about uh, breaking up from this toxic relationship that I was in, I was still with that person at, at the time of writing Johnny and Addicted. And I think what triggered it is I could see the breakup coming. Uh, it must have only been written months or you know, not long uh, before the breakup was written. So it's really a journey of my relationships uh, where I'm talking about Johnny, which is kind of me, but Johnny, the character in the song, you know, is very naive at the beginning of relationships, but everything is very easygoing and, and just easy to handle and manage. And it's very fun and new. And then the second verse, I'm kind of talking about the fun that I would have in my personal life and how it had potentially messed up relationships in the past as well. And at that point in my life, I had only really ever gotten to that point in a relationship where it would the wheels would start to come off after a certain amount of time. And it was always like a broken record or it was always the same kind of thing happening, ending for the same reasons. Um. And so I'm obviously questioning myself a little bit, but I want to give the story a happy ending. So I'm talking about him in the third verse, finally meeting that person, um, you know, settling down with someone or at least getting very close to settling down with someone. And um, and it actually could end up being the person that I least expected to be. And perhaps I'm trying to portray that in another world, this current relationship that I was in at the time, which was very toxic, you know, but what if maybe I'm the issue and, you know, what does the happy ending for this look like? So, yeah, that's what Johnny and Addicted is about and what was going on in my life at that time. Um, so, as I said already, it was written in 2009 and we had actually been playing it in the band for a couple of years before we ended up finished recording it. Um, so we'd been playing it at gigs for quite a while. And funnily enough, actually, we were in the Flower Pot one night, uh, which was a fantastic venue. And um, we loved going there. It was our favorite venue to play at the time. And we really loved going there because the guys who ran it had great connections with, you know, various artists, but also um, communion records which was set up by a number of guys that included some of the members uh, from Mumford and Sons and 
So at that time, we knew that they were going to be a massive band. They hadn't been signed yet, uh, at least not to the big label. They might have been signed to an indie. Um, so we were trying to get to know people uh, who were involved in that and just spread our name around the place. And so we would go to these different gigs, me and Boris, to like hand out CDs and just meet people, have a good time, introduce ourselves just networking, that kind of a thing. And um, we were out at the Flower Pot doing it one night and it, it was part of a week festival that I think they were doing where it was like music every night for five nights in a row or seven nights. Now they did gigs pretty much every night of the week anyway, but it was it was an organized thing. It was the same promoter for five nights bringing in loads of different artists. And I think we played one of the nights. I just can't remember, but I know that we played the venue a number of times. I just can't remember which, at which points. Um, but I know we played the venue a number of times. Um, and um, yeah, so we weren't playing that night, but I think we had played as part of the festival at some point. Um, and we were just there to hand out CDs, hear the music that was going on and just meet some people because we knew that there'd be loads of artists at this who were really good and doing great things uh, in the kind of folk movement at, at that time. And you've got to realize like this was a really exciting time um, for music uh, in London, particularly I lived in London at the time and particularly in London, it was a very exciting time. Um, for music particularly around folk music um, and lots of artists were coming out and getting quite popular like Laura Marling had been out and signed for a few years at that point um, and a number of other artists um, so we were there um, all night and lo and behold we did meet a lot of artists we hadn't met before who we actually listened to um, I think Lizzie was playing who's an American singer and I got to meet her and gave her an EP. Um, I was definitely drunk chatting to her and probably was more annoying than anything else, really. <laughs> um, met the Staves that night as well. Um, and they definitely hadn't been signed uh, at that point either. Um, and yeah, so there was just loads of people. And anyway, on the night, I was chatting to Jay, who would have been working at the bar and just working throughout the night. He was one of the guys who ran the venue and a really nice guy. And he was telling me that they're going to be having some drinks afterwards and maybe a bit of a jam. And so I convinced him to let us stay on after the gig. And uh, me and Barris went upstairs and there was like 10, 12 people in the room, you know, typical front room, just a couch, couple of couches and they were playing music or whatever. And we noticed they were recording it as well. And sure, we were just, you know, trying, we were just sat in the corner really. We didn't know anyone, but then we were trying to get to know people and just had a few drinks and that. And the night was kind of coming to a close then. And it's definitely early hours of the morning at this stage. And they asked if we wanted to play a song. And of course, by that stage, I was like, fairly drunk like I mean I was drunk and I wasn't ready to perform a song um but you know we came here to build connections and to do promotion and meet people so I was definitely going to play a song either way um and I decided to do Johnny and Addicted and yeah as I said we had been playing it at gigs during this time but we hadn't recorded it ourselves um 
And yeah, and my main concern really was just getting from start to finish of the song without making any mistakes. Um, you know, trying to hold the guitar, uh, trying leaning over the guitar and trying to hold my head up high enough so I could sing into the microphone. Um, <laughs> I definitely felt like, yeah, not not comfortable to perform a song, um, but did it anyway. And uh, it was good fun and it was great to contribute to the jam and uh, had a great time getting to know them. And couple of weeks later a few, or a couple of months later whatever they reached out to my manager graham uh, at the time and he said that they wanted to put the song on a cd and i thought oh great you know we have gonna have a song on the cd and it was being released to universal records it was communion records name on it and i think they put together the whole festival um and so it was their cd with a compilation of artists who had played on the night, either stage performances or who'd, who had done backstage performances, which is what we ended up doing without even knowing it. And um, and yeah, I signed this thing to be on the CD and everything like that. And I was quite excited to hear it. And when I listened to it, I thought, oh my God, <laughs> I was just drunk. And so it's available <laughs> if anyone wants to check it out. I think it last i saw it was on amazon i don't know if you've got to buy the cd or if you can stream it you can probably get a preview somewhere and that will definitely tell you enough um but yeah it's quite funny i'm on this great cd three like it's three or four discs compilation of these wonderful artists mumford and sons i think laura marling lizzie like just so many great artists and there i am the very last track on either the last cd or one of the last cds um <laughs> <laughs> just sounds like someone who's very tired and needs to go home um but yeah so that's quite a funny story about johnny and addicted but i hope you've enjoyed listening to this uh just talking about what the song was about and and where i was in my life at the time and uh, i'm going to play the song now but if you want to listen to the ep uh you can do so on all online stores and do feel free to go and check out that drunken version of johnny and addicted floating around the internet somewhere take care everyone This is not a courtroom 
is looking fine. Day is looking fine. Pass a buck or two, but then a four more just to be sure. His day was a busy one, but in the end he'd seek out a cure. He had no one or nothing, but then she walked through the door. If it wasn't for her, he'd be kind of poor. Wasn't for her, he would be no more. It's just another brown. It's just another white. It's just another topic. A chemical delight. Seen. 